0: chapter 4 and verse number 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby, excuse me, whereby we must be saved. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Let me ask you to take your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20 this morning is where we're going to be. It's where we're going to begin. That's where we'll be primarily this morning. Acts chapter number 20. Hey, let me encourage you. We just—can you believe? Wednesday is going to be November. The holidays are upon us. Thanksgiving. By the way, don't skip Thanksgiving, and head straight to Christmas. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. But um, let me encourage you just to be faithful. Two months left in the year, and as we finish out the year, uh, I just—I I implore us to be faithful to what God has called us to, and. That's what we're going to look at this morning. And so I pray that this will be a help to us this morning. Acts chapter number 20. If you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand this morning. We're going to begin reading in verse number 17. Verse number 17. I'll let the kids be dismissed in just a moment. So hang tight, okay? Kids, hang tight. I want to read and then I'll let them be dismissed, okay? Acts chapter number 20, verse number 17. It's like they're in the starting block. Boy, they're ready to go. I'm ready to get out of here. Pastor, I don't want to listen to you. I'm I'm ready to get out of here and listen to Miss Beverly. Verse 17, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews." And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. I don't miss what he's saying there. He says, I I don't know what awaits me. I'm going bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. I don't know what's going to befall me there, but I do know what the Holy Ghost has testified of and witnessed of, and that is that in every city that I go to, there are bonds and afflictions that are waiting for me. That's what he knows. And then notice what he says in verse 24. But none. But none of these things. What's the next word? Move. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Luke chapter 9 and verse 62 is our theme verse for the year. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. When I think of our theme for this year, Hands to the Plow, Other than the Lord Jesus Christ, there's not another man or really another verse that I believe exemplifies that truth of hands to the plow as Acts chapter number 20 and verse 24 does. Here's a man who the Bible says that absolutely nothing, anything, nope, nothing. Oh, pastor, there had to be something that would move the Apostle Paul away from the ministry that God had called him to. Anything? Nope. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, this morning it would be easy to begin listing the temporal earthly activities which so easily move many Christians away from that which God has called them. But we're not going to do that this morning, at least not right now. Because the application, the question of application is very easy for us this morning. What does it take to move us? I I don't want this message to be a message of condemnation. I want it to be a message of consideration. Why is it that some Christians are absolutely firmly fixed? Nothing moves them. And then others are so easily moved away from that which God has called them away from the ministry that God has given them in their local church? What makes the difference? I want us to, I hope we'll see that this morning. If we'll listen to the Word, I know that we will this morning. And I want us to be a body of believers, a church family, who every single individual that makes up the sum of the whole of this church, I want us to be a group of individuals who are absolutely firmly fixed, that no matter what comes... We would say, but, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I may finish my course with joy, the course that God had given him. So I want to look at that for the next few moments. I want to preach to that subject. Anything? Nope. Nothing. Anything? Question mark. Nope. Nothing. Exclamation mark. That's what I want us to see. Father... We thank you for the day. Lord, teach us and help us in these next few moments. Stir our hearts as believers this morning. Father, that one or maybe even several who might be here this morning without the saving knowledge of Christ, Father, I pray that today they would see that the blood of Jesus Christ washes away, cleanses, uh, makes us whole, that which was scarlet can be made white as snow simply by the blood of Christ. And Father, if there's one here today who has never had their sins washed away by the blood of Christ, I pray that today would be that day. Lord, teach us, help us. Lord, make us better, grow us this morning. Father, be with those that are away from us today, some sick, some uh, traveling, whatever the case would be. Father, bless them, help them help them to understand that they're, they're missed. And help them to understand their place in their local church. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for what you'll do in these next few moments. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The kids can be dismissed. The rest of us can be seated this morning. Let's walk through these verses if we could. We'll look at a few others as well. But Acts chapter number 20, verse number 24. I want us to see first of all, very simply this morning, I want us to see these things. Number one, these things. The Bible says here in Acts chapter number 20, verse number 24. Now, sometimes and many times the word things is a very nebulous word. But in the context that we see here in Acts chapter number 20, Paul has really already laid out many things that could have moved him away from the ministry, from the course that God had set for him. And and I want to give you several this morning, and we'll go as quickly as we possibly can. But I want us to see these things. He says, but... None of these things move me. None of these things cause me to uh, to be detoured. None of these things cause me to get off track, to get off course. None of these things move me, okay? So what are these things? First of all, these things. And I'm going to give you these. I'm going to give you three sets of three, okay? Three sets of three. Number one, tears, temptations, and teachings. Tears, temptations... And teachings. Look back at verse number seventeen, verse number seventeen of Acts twenty. And from Malitus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, "You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all season, serving the Lord." And notice first number nineteen, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many what? What's the word there? Tears and what's the next word? Temptations which befell me by the line in wait of the Jews. And then notice verse number 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have, what's the word there? Taught you publicly and from house to house. What did He teach them? Well, He taught them first of all that testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks' repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. He taught them how to be saved first and foremost. But these things, first of all, tears, temptations, and teachings. Drop down to verse number 36 if you would. Acts chapter number 20. Tears, temptations, and teachings. And by the way, sometimes there are tears when you're serving... Sometimes there are those who lie in wait, and we'll see this in just a moment. Sometimes there are temptations. Sometimes, maybe Sunday school teacher, you prepare a lesson, and 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 you you get up to teach it, and nobody, it looks as if everybody that you're teaching to is still asleep. Nobody cracks a smile. Nobody's countenance ever changes. And you think, oh my goodness, what did, did I waste all of that time in preparation? Here's the truth, no you didn't. Okay, we, we, we don't teach and we don't preach so that we can get necessarily response or, 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 or even someone to crack a smile or someone to look like they're engaged. We do it because the Lord has called us to do it. And whether, we, whether it looks as if they're engaged or not, Here's the truth, they're listening. And so you may go home and you be like, ah, why am I doing this? And you may have some tears and you may even have a temptation to quit. What did Paul say? None of these things move me. He says in verse number 20, he said, I taught you from house to house. Uh, he said, I didn't keep back. Uh, where am I at? Verse number uh, 20, and how I kept back nothing. Notice this that was profitable unto you. We know later in the chapter that He said He he gave them the whole counsel. He says He ceased not to preach and to teach. And then down in verse number 36 of chapter number 20, He he is meeting with these Ephesian elders. This is the last time He's going to see them. Okay, so, so He charges them and He commends them and then He's getting ready to leave. And the Bible says in verse 36, And when He had thus spoken, He kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him unto the ship. You know, sometimes people leave our lives, maybe even sometimes people leave our church, and it's a sad time, it's a sorrowful time. sometimes we, we may get to a point where we may never see people again. They may move away, they may go to a different part of the country or a different part of the world, and there're going to be tears. and there are temptations. And there are teachings that sometimes cause us to be moved from what God has called us to do. Paul is talking about this and he gets to verse 24 and he says, But none of these things move me. The tears that I have shed, the hours that I have spent in preparation to teach you and teach you, the hours that I have given to teach and to teach. By the way, notice, uh, look down in verse 20, look, let's see. I'll find it, just hang on. Verse 26, he says, Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Verse 27, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He said, I've been with you. Verse number 31, he says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with what? Tears. He had tears for the sinner. He had tears for those who needed to be saved. Hey, do you, do, do you cry for people to be saved? And you tell them how to be saved and you tell them how to be saved and you go back and you knock on their door and you try to talk to them and they don't want to have anything to do with you but you know in your heart of hearts that they're lost and if they died right at that moment they would head to hell and you, have a, you know that in your heart and you, and you shed tears for that. Well, don't allow that to, to cause you to quit. Keep praying for them. Don't let anything move you. We see these things, first of all, tears, temptations, and teachings. Secondly, Secondly, perils, persecutions, and pains. Perils, persecutions, and pains. Look at verse number 22 of chapter 20. These things. Verse 22, and he says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Notice it says, Save. That the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. These things, tears, temptations, and teachings, perils, persecutions, and pains. Take your Bibles and go a little bit forward in the New Testament to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Just real quickly, if you would, and we'll come back to Acts in just a moment. Second Corinthians chapter number 11, perils, persecutions, and pains. 2 Corinthians 11, we'll begin reading in verse number 23. I hear pages, I'll let you get there. As you look at verse 23, 2 Corinthians 11. He says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night in a day I have been in the deep. We saw that just recently in the latter part of the book of Acts. In journeyings often, notice this, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, perils, persecutions, and pain. What are the these things? They are the tears and the temptations and the teachings. They are the perils and the persecutions and the pains. By the way, notice what he says in verse number 28. Beside those things that are without, those things that come on me from the outside, from the enemy He said, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. These things, tears, temptations and teachings, perils, persecutions and pains. And then thirdly, take your Bibles and go back to the book of Acts with me. Acts chapter number 9. Acts chapter number 9. Thirdly, doubt, death and disciples. Doubt, death and disciples. Acts chapter number 9. By the way, in 2 Corinthians, and we'll not look at the passage, but in 2 Corinthians, Paul's very own apostleship is questioned. And so you want to talk about doubt, they questioned his apostleship. But in Acts chapter number 9, and we'll begin reading in verse number 10, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him saith the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. What does Ananias do? He doubts. He doubts that this man, this man who in chapter number 8 of Acts, the Bible says he wreaked havoc in the church, does it not? Paul, the Bible says Saul was consenting unto the death of Stephen. He was there holding the garments as they martyred Stephen. And now Paul gets saved and now the Lord comes to Ananias and he says, Look, I want you to go to Saul. And in verse number 14... Ananias continues and he says, And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Doubt. By the way, not necessarily his doubt, but other people doubting him. You know what needs to happen when somebody gets saved? They need to grow. How are they going to grow when people help them to grow? Well, we'll sit back and we'll just wait six, nine months and we'll see what happens. And we'll see if they really got saved. You know why many people don't ever appear that they actually got saved? Because nobody helps them to grow. They they don't grow. They have the Holy Spirit. They've been saved, but but Christians sit back and they don't help them to grow. They don't, they don't encourage them to come to Sunday school. They don't encourage them to come to the preaching service. They don't encourage them to come to Wednesday night. By, by the way, the, the, the best growth is done on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Sunday morning in Sunday school, Sunday morning in the preaching hours, Sunday night, and then Wednesday night just constantly under the teaching and the preaching of God's Word. But doubt. God's people doubt Him. Now, by the way, I, I'm not throwing Ananias under the bus because if it were us, Saul, that man's going to kill me if I go see him. Isn't that what you would have thought? He's either going to kill me or he's going to put me in jail. Now, we'll come back to this in just a moment, but the Lord says, Ananias, no, 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 no. And then Ananias goes. First of all, doubt. Secondly, death. Look at verse number 20. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God, but all that heard him were amazed and said, it's not It's not." This he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent. He came here to put us in jail. He came here for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to do what? To what? What's the next word? To kill him. But their laying a was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. Doubt, death. Thirdly, the disciples, the disciples. Acts chapter nine, verse number twenty-six. And when Saul was coming here, here again we have the doubt. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. You see, Paul Saul could have said, you know what, these people don't even believe that I got saved. I'm, I'm just going to go back. I'm just going to go back and do what, I, what, what I've been doing. These people want to kill me. What, is this worth it? The, my, my brethren doubt me the... The enemy, they want, they want to kill me. Uh, the, the brethren, they don't even want me to be in their church with them. But, none of these things move me. Neither count on my life dear unto myself, that I may finish my course with joy. Number one, these things. Tears, temptations, and teachings, perils, persecutions, and pains, doubt, death, and disciples. By the way, I want you to take thought here. Think think about this. I want you to consider this. I mentioned this to our Sunday school this morning. But when you study Paul out, nothing about the world moving him off of his course is mentioned. You ever thought about that? What is it for us that so many times moves us off of our course? It's the things of the world. By the way, when you talk about disciples... Doubt, death, and disciples. You have the disciples in Acts chapter number 9 that didn't want Him in the church at Jerusalem. But what about Demas? Second Timothy chapter number 4. Demas, what did Demas do? Demas. He says, Demas hath left me having what? He went back, having loved this present world. You see, most, for, for most of us today, it's the things of the world. It's the things that have absolutely no eternal value that move us away from God's calling on our lives. It's activities and schedules and entertainment that move us away from God's calling and God's course for our life. You say, well, that was the Apostle Paul. I don't have the same course that the Apostle Paul had. You're absolutely right. We all have different courses. But every single one of us, if we know Christ, if we've been born again, we have a course. Yes! You have a course. You have something that God desires for you to do. And many times, it's the things of this world that move us off of the course that God has placed us on. But not Paul. Persecutions could have moved him. The thought of death or the possibility of death could have moved him. The disciples doubting him could have moved him. The sorrow, the tears that he had to deal with in, 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 in being a man that, that saw so many people saved and so many churches started. But he said, but none of these things. You, you don't see him talking about, well, well I, 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 didn't, I didn't teach you everything that you needed to know. You know, for three years I warned you night and day, but you know what, I didn't do that because I had to be home Saturday night on, on the Sabbath day. I had to be home And and by the way, our Sabbath is not Saturday, but their Sabbath would have been Saturday. And many times in the book of Acts, the Bible says that Paul taught in the synagogues on Saturday, but he didn't say, Well, I had to be home on Saturday night and watch my favorite primetime show. Or I had to be home on Sunday because I didn't want to miss the start of the football game at 12 o'clock. Can't miss that, so I can't come to the 11 o'clock service. Those are the things that move us. It's not even the persecution. It's not the pains. Paul, he's in perils, he's in perils, he's in perils. He's in persecution, he's in pain. His body is racked with the scars of living for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I bear in my body the marks. I don't bear any marks in my body. Except maybe some wrinkles. You know? Maybe some gray hair. No, no, no. He actually bore in his body the marks for living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it didn't move him. Anything? Paul, being faced with death, that has to cause you a little pause. You have to think about that a little bit. Anything? Nope, nothing. But none of these things move me. Number one, we see these things. Number two, and this right here, It's why Paul wasn't moved. He could have been moved. There were many things that could have moved him. Many things that could have moved him off of his course. Number two, number one, these things. Number two, a chosen course. A chosen course. We read it in Acts chapter number 20, verse 24. He says, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now go real quickly back to Acts chapter number 9. We didn't read these verses. We stopped. We stopped short. We read verse 14. The Lord is speaking to Ananias. Ananias, you need to go and see this man Saul. And notice verse 15. Let's pick up in verse 15, Acts chapter number 9. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a, what's the word there? Chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He's a chosen vessel. And by the way, don't get hung up on that word. If you're in Christ, you're chosen. Okay, We've settled that. If you're in Christ, you're chosen. And if you're in Christ, you're a vessel. Yeah, but I'm not the Apostle Paul. No, you're not. You won't pen 14 books. The canon of Scripture is closed. None of us are going to pin 14 letters, 14 books of the Bible. But we're all chosen vessels. And by the way, notice what he says there. Let me get back there real quickly in chapter number 9. He says, a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. By the way, every single one of us are called to do that. It's the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, Mark 16. All of us are called to do that to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings. You may, not, you may never stand before a Caesar. You may never stand before a King Agrippa or, a, or a, a Governor Felix. You may never do that. You may never get to stand before a president or even a governor. But He's called us to bear His name. And by the way, He's called us to suffer for His namesake. Number one, these things. Number two, a chosen course. And this is why Paul was never moved because God had called him. He was a chosen vessel. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 teaches us that as children uh, of Christ, as children of God, that we all are to fit into this body of Christ. We're to all do our part. We all have a place. We all have a place of service. We all all feel a part. We're a chosen vessel. And because of that, Paul said, nothing's going to move me from this course that God has called me to. It may not be, it it will not be to pen any books of the Bible. It may not be for you to be a preacher or a missionary or an evangelist. It may not even be for you to be a a Sunday school teacher or whatever, but in here this morning are individuals who have places of service right here at Maranatha Baptist Church. You might work in the nursery. You might be a Sunday school teacher. You might sing in the choir. You might do lots of things in the church. And listen, oh listen, if God has shown you, and if God has given you a course, and He's given you a place of service, stop! Letting things move you from that course. God's called you there. God desires for you to serve in that course and in that path. Don't let anything move you from that. A chosen course. Let me give you three things real quickly. Paul, first of all, was constrained by love. We've spoken about this many, many times. But he was constrained by love. Take your bibles if you would and go with me back again to 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 I believe this is one of the the I think this is one of the things that we miss If you know Christ you ought to be constrained by the love of Christ Paul said, nothing moves me because it's the love of Christ and what He did for me and the price that He paid for me on the cross of Calvary. And because of that, in Romans chapter 1, he says, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor because of what Christ has done for me and the salvation that I have received. And because of that, I am a debtor to all those that need to hear the gospel. And I'm a debtor to the one who gave the gospel and who is the gospel. He says, I'm a debtor. Second Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 14, he says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Has anybody ever loved you like Christ loves you? Nobody's ever loved me. My wife loves me. I believe my children love me. But nobody has ever loved me the way that Christ loved me. And Paul says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Notice verse 15. And that He died for all, and that they which live... Should not henceforth live unto who? Themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Paul was constrained by love. An, excuse me, an enormous price had been paid for his salvation. And dear friend, this morning, an enormous price has been paid for our salvation. And if you're here this morning and you know Christ, you've been saved by the blood of Christ. He paid the ultimate price for us. He shed His blood on the cross of Calvary. He was buried in that grave. And three days later, He arose victorious out of that grave. And He did that for us and that love. Paul said, look, I can't but help. He said, I can't but help preach the gospel. I I owe people the gospel. By the way, I believe Paul, whether he had been an apo- called to be an apostle or not, he, I believe he would still preach the gospel. He was constrained by love. Secondly, number one, Paul was constrained by love, but number two, Paul had crucified his life. Paul had crucified his life. Take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. In Acts chapter number 20, and verse 24 again, he says, Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Galatians chapter number 6. He had crucified His life. Verse number 14, the Bible says, but God forbid, Galatians 6, 14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I into the world. Paul had crucified his life. This isn't my life. God, it's yours. By the way, isn't that what Romans 12.1 is all about? Presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, a reasonable service. He said, God, my life is yours. It's not mine. It's not for me to do what I want to do. It. It's not my schedule. It's not my comfort it's not my money. It's not my anything. God, it's all yours. It's all yours. God, it's not what I want for my kids. It's what you want for my kids. It's what you want for my kids. A chosen course. He was constrained by love, He had crucified His life. Father, go just a little bit further the book of Philippians. Real quickly, Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians 1. Verse 21. The Apostle Paul says, for to me to live is Christ. He said, if I live, it's going to be all about Christ. But he said, if I die, it's okay because it's gain, I'm going to see Christ. He said, for to me to live is Christ. If I live, it's going to be all about Christ. He said, if I die, it's okay too, because I'm going. Chapter number 3, Philippians chapter number 3. He says in verse 4, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh the hath whereof he, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the, tur- excuse me, the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, that were gained to my flesh, those I counted loss for Christ. Paul was constrained by love. He was crucified, excuse me, he had crucified his life. And then thirdly, very simply, back in Acts chapter number 20, he was committed to the Lord. He was constrained by love, he had crucified his life, and very simply, he was committed to the Lord. He said, "I have forfeited my life. I, I do not count my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus." to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul was committed to the Lord. He was committed to the Lord's course. He was committed to the Lord's ministry. He was committed to the Lord's gospel. He was committed to the Lord's course, the Lord's ministry, and the Lord's gospel. These things, he said, none of these things. Hey, what are these things in our lives this morning? Those things ought to be they ought to pale in the shadow of the love of Christ. He was constrained by love. That's how the Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. Hey, if I'm supposed to be in my Sunday school class on Sunday morning, none of these things are going to move me if I'm supposed to be in my place in the choir on Sunday afternoon to practice or on Sunday morning to sing or on Sunday night to sing or on a weeknight during Christmas cantata to come and practice, if I'm supposed to be in my place, nothing's going to move me. Nothing. Persecutions, pains, perils, tears, temptation none of these things gonna move me. If I'm supposed to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and I am, then none of these things should move me. Hey, let me encourage us right here. If you serve in a in a ministry here in this church, if you're not gonna be here, let somebody know. Would you please, oh please, oh please let somebody know? Don't just not fill your Sunday school class and don't just not fill your master club class and don't just not fill your place in the choir or your place in the nursery without letting somebody know. That's just courteous. All right? I don't think I'm wrong on that. that that's just having some courtesy. Say, hey, can, can, hey, here's the thing. Things come up, don't they? But courtesy says, I need to let somebody know because that's my place. That's my place. That's my course. That's my ministry. And I need to let somebody know. Number one, these things. Number two, a chosen course. He was constrained by love. He was crucified. He had crucified His life. And He was committed to the Lord. Let me give you a third one. We're not going to develop this Lord willing, we'll do this tonight. Number one, these things. Number two, a chosen course. And number three, a faithful finish. What did He say in verse number four? He said, so that I might do what? You there? Are you in Acts 20, 24? So that I might do what? Finish! Finish! So that I might finish my course With joy, finish. So that I might finish my course with joy. A faithful finish. Take your Bibles and we'll end here. Take your Bibles to 2 Timothy. You know the passage, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Number one, these things, none of these things moved Paul. Why? Because he had a chosen course. He was constrained by love. He he had crucified his life. And he was committed to the Lord, the Lord's course, the Lord's ministry, and the Lord's gospel. And because of that, he had a faithful finish. He had a faithful finish. 2 Timothy 4, verse number 7. Excuse me, verse 6. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing that the Holy Spirit of God would inspire these kind of words to be written about us? Because these are words from the very lips of the Holy Spirit inspired words that Paul himself gets to pen about himself. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, Having loved, excuse me, having loved this present world and is departed into Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatian, a faithful finish. I want to leave you with this thought. We'll develop it a little bit more tonight, Lord willing. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot live like Demas and expect to die like Paul. but we expect to be able to live like Demas and to be able to die like Paul. We expect to be able to live in this world and do everything that the world offers and get engaged in everything that the world offers and the world pulls us away from our ministry and our course and what God desires for us to do. And then we expect the same words that were spoken of Paul to be spoken of us at our death. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Those words can't be said unless you die like Paul. And how did Paul die? He died finishing his course. He died not allowing anything to move him from the ministry and the course that God had called him to. But pastor, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. What did he say in Acts chapter number 9? Verse 16, he said, I'm going to show Paul what he's going to have to suffer for me. And he still served him. Can you imagine being told ahead of time what you're going to suffer and still doing it? I believe Paul knew everything he was going to suffer because the Bible says so in Acts chapter 9, verse 16. And he still did it because he was constrained by love, because he had crucified his life, because he was committed to the Lord. Father, thank You for the time You've given us this morning. Father, may you raise up a church full of believers this morning who are constrained by your love and who have crucified their lives. Lord, the word self doesn't come into their vocabulary. And they are committed to you, to your course, to your ministry, to your gospel. Father, may that be all of us this morning. Father, for those that might be here this morning, and they've never partaken of that wonderful love that was shed abroad, that was shed abundantly, appeared unto all of us when Jesus Christ came. and He died on the cross and He shed that blood, that blood, that perfect blood, precious blood that paid the entirety of our price, of our sin death, and Father, if there's an individual here today who has never partaken of that, they've never called upon the name of the Lord for salvation. Father, may today be that day. Father, help us during the invitation, and we'll thank Him and praise You for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand to your feet. Miss Joe's at the piano. She's going to begin to play. If you need to come, come. Go get mama. Believer, maybe you just need to kneel and pray right where you're at and say, Lord... Forgive me for the petty things that caused me to be moved from my course, from my ministry, from the gospel that you have given to all of us. You've committed it to our hands. might be someone here this morning, dear friend, you might be here and you would say, I'm not sure if death were to take me today. I'm not sure if I go to heaven. I'm not sure if I go to hell. I'm just not sure. Listen, why, why don't you settle that today? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you ever called upon the name of the Lord for salvation? If you haven't, I beg you to do that today. What about it, Believer? Hey, believer, let me ask you this. What is it that's going to move you away from being in this place tonight? You might have a legitimate reason. You might have to work tonight. I get it. But what is it that will move you away from being in your place tonight? Hey, choir, remember, what is it that will move you away from being at practice this afternoon? If it's legitimate, I get it. But if it's not, I don't get it. When He has done so much for me, the song says, Amen. Thank you so much for your attendance this morning. I'm going to let you go ahead and have a seat this morning.